Hi, everybody. Cheryl Ackeson here. Welcome to another edition of the Cheryl Ackeson podcast on justthenews.com. Check out all of the Just the News podcasts. You can find them by going to justthenews.com and seeing the list on the homepage. I hope you'll consider ordering my new bestseller, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. It's a nonpartisan and very telling look at the devolution of news and the control of information online and on social media. It also includes a chapter on the insidious weaponization of the Me Too movement. Today, the podcast is going to look at Wikipedia and an instructive example of today's information manipulation. Wikipedia is one of my favorite topics because I knew so little about all of this when I first became aware of what was going on inside Wikipedia, and I came to learn so much about it through personal experience and through researching for stories. I think a lot of people have a working knowledge of Wikipedia, how biased and slanted it can be because they know that agenda editors or volunteer editors get on there and are able to, in an anonymous way, control pages, make sure certain things do or don't appear on certain pages on controversies. And it's pretty much been co-opted in large part by special interests, political interests, corporate interests, the PR firms who edit on Wikipedia under the names of regular pseudonym accounts as if they're ordinary people, but they're actually violating Wikipedia's given policies by editing on behalf of paid clients. Not supposed to do that, but Wikipedia doesn't have much impact when it tries to go after that. Then you can also see as they try to control topics, these powerful agenda editors, that if you try to put a factual piece of information on one of those pages let's say, climate change or vaccine safety. It can be a peer-reviewed published study. You name it. If it's off the narrative, if it's something they don't want you to know about, even though the footnote would comply with their policies and even though they supposedly require fair and neutral articles, there's going to be an agenda editor who makes your information disappear, sometimes within seconds, because the page is being monitored and watched if it's a page that's very important to these paid interests. And likewise, if they put something on there as a footnote, even if it's a discredited footnote, for example, you're not allowed to use a propaganda blog like Media Matters as a legitimate footnote for information, but they do. They've done that for a long time on my biography in an effort to try to controversialize me on the topics of vaccine safety and pharmaceutical drug safety. So it doesn't matter if I try to put on, for example, a footnote quoting my CBS News story when I was an investigative reporter there and was quoted in the New England Journal of Medicine positively on my vaccine and autism reporting, I can put that on to try to balance out the false information they have on my Wikipedia page, calling me an anti-vaxxer and so on, but that footnote won't stay on there. It'll be removed almost instantaneously while the media matters And the Salon and the Vox and the Huffington Post and the propagandists remain as if they are legitimate footnotes. So um, in part of looking at how Wikipedia operates and trying to deal with them as an organization and trying to deal with their editors before I understood 
You cannot correct the disinformation or the false facts if they don't want them to be corrected. I learned a lot about the reality of how they operate. And I've spoken of this. They are not, as they advertise the encyclopedia that anyone can edit, far from it. If you don't already know it, the way that an editor on Wikipedia gets editing power, in other words, control over other people's edits, they become the most powerful editors by simply being a volunteer editor the longest and making the most edits. And PR firms and other people who wanted to manipulate and influence us through Wikipedia saw this as a great free tool years ago before anybody else that if they just got on Wikipedia, started these accounts, and pretended to be just a regular volunteer editor and made lots of edits on all kinds of different topics and did it for a long time. They could even have 10 people working at a PR agency under one name, one pseudonym, and make lots of edits. Then they become very powerful in the Wikipedia editing world and their edits can trump your edits any day. And that's how they wield their power. And this is part of the reason why the co-founder of Wikipedia, Larry Sanger, parted ways with Wikipedia some years ago when he saw that it was being taken over by these interests and he thought more should be done and could be done to stop it, but others within the organization were not interested in doing so. So I've interviewed him for my television program, Full Measure. I've interviewed Larry Sanger. If you want to find that interview, you can go to fullmeasure.news, click into any post, and the search bar will appear at the top of fullmeasure.news, and you can search for Larry Sanger or Wikipedia. But it's been an ongoing interest of mine ever since I understood how Wikipedia works. A lot of people don't know about Wikipedia and its conflicts. And there's a really good example that I found just in the past couple of weeks about how Wikipedia manipulates opinion. And even though we may say to ourselves, a lot of people know that you can't just trust the information on Wikipedia. Well, the truth is, a lot of people do trust it. And if you do searches On Google, the Wikipedia box is often the first thing that shows up, the information box. So Google's pushing that narrative and that information and that side of the story. If you do your search, if I do my search on my home device, you know, talk to either Alexa or Google. A lot of times the information that they'll give you if you ask for a definition or information, that comes from Wikipedia. So Wikipedia information is being pushed down people's throats. And I'm not saying that everything on there is false, of course. Wikipedia has a lot of good and thorough information. Let's say you want to know about all the episodes of some TV show, things like that. It can be quite good. And maybe that's kind of what makes it a little more insidious because the good information, and this is true of Snopes too, by the way, the true information is mixed in with the propaganda and it makes the propaganda just sort of seamlessly be integrated into the landscape. And a lot of people don't recognize it. And it's not as though on a given page that they're necessarily going to say things or report things in a way that it's obvious that it's propaganda or it's untrue. It's woven into the fiber of the page in a way that's hard to detect unless you're really looking for it. But anyway, a recent example I found I thought is instructive of how Wikipedia works and how in general special interests, as I often talk about, are successfully influencing and manipulating our information landscape. So this example that I'm going to talk about is the definition of president-elect as provided by Wikipedia. Ever since, as you know, the day after the election, 
people on the news and analysts and others have been arguing over when it would be appropriate to use the term president-elect to refer to Joe Biden, particularly with the election disputed by President Trump. And of course, those who supported Joe Biden and most of those in the media, which are kind of one and the same, thought that it was fair and appropriate to use that phrase almost immediately. And so many in the media dubbed Joe Biden president-elect shortly after the election. And therefore, they were taking sides against Trump's view when the election was being disputed in court and in other ways. But those who wanted to call Biden president-elect would point to various definitions that they thought weighed in their favor. And if you look at the Internet Encyclopedia, Wikipedia, then clearly they, the ones supporting calling Biden president-elect, they are correct. But wait until you find out how Wikipedia's definition of president-elect has conveniently evolved. And by way of background, if you haven't been around that long or followed politics for that long, let's look at what happened in the presidential election of 2000. Remember, it's kind of folklore now. Republican George W. Bush, he clinched the win on election night, but it was very close because in the crucial state of Florida, the win by Bush, which made all the difference in the world, was razor thin. And that night, it kind of went back and forth with the media giving Bush the victory and then sort of taking it back when they decided Florida was pretty close. Al Gore actually conceded and then took back his concession And this went on and on for several weeks as the Gore campaign pursued a recount in Florida before eventually it was determined that George W. Bush was the winner. But the point here is the news media during this time did not appear to be in any sort of rush to declare George W. Bush the president-elect while this was being disputed, as they did with Biden. In fact, a full three weeks after the election, The left-leaning Salon website, they just called the candidates Bush and Gore. They didn't call one of them president-elect. And the same was true when I looked back at old articles from 2000. The same was true with the Los Angeles Times left-leaning, the New York Times left-leaning, which referred again to both of the candidates simply as Mr. Gore and Mr. Bush. And at that time, by the way, there was no Wikipedia yet. Hadn't been invented and therefore its agenda editors were not there to shape the public and the news narrative. So let's fast forward a little bit. By the time there was a Wikipedia, several years later, on March 26, 2009, I checked. The definition that Wikipedia had at the time of president-elect was less definitive than it has today, which we'll get to in a moment. Here's what Wikipedia said back then in 2009 about president-elect. Quote, The title is used for the apparent winner and is finalized when the electoral college votes in December and when their ballots are counted by a joint session of Congress in January. Mind you, that sentence supports the notion that it was probably not appropriate to call Joe Biden the president-elect right after the election when it was disputed and to claim that it was somehow finalized. Again, This is what Wikipedia said in 2009. The title is used for the apparent winner and is finalized when the Electoral College votes in December and when their ballots are counted by a joint session of Congress in January. Further, Wikipedia acknowledged in the entry back in 2009 
that there's legitimate dispute on the question. They said, quote, some commentators doubt whether an official president and vice president-elect exist prior to the electoral votes being counted and announced by Congress on January 6th. Again, that sentence supports the notion of those who say, hey, if you really have to wait till something's official, it's not until January 6th when there's a dispute in particular. Okay, so let's fast forward to three days after the 2020 election. First, Wikipedia told us that in the event of a disputed election, now this is the entry that was now put on the Wikipedia president-elect page three days after the election, it indicated it was not appropriate to use the title president-elect. Here's what it said on Wikipedia. This is three days after the election again this year. If the result of an election is unclear or disputed, no person is normally referred to as president-elect until the dispute is resolved. Again, that would seem to support the notion that, hey, the media maybe ought to wait before officially trying to use the title or declare somebody president-elect rather than one or two days after the election. But not long after that, even as the legal challenges were underway, the Wikipedia agenda editors took sides and they went to town. If you checked the Wikipedia page, suddenly Biden's picture was authoritatively pasted on the page defining president-elect with the following statement, quote, Joe Biden is the president-elect of the United States having defeated incumbent Donald Trump in the 2020 presidential election. This was fairly early after the election when it was still in great dispute by the Trump side. Wikipedia further told us it was perfectly correct to use the phrase president-elect for Biden right after November 3rd because... This is what it says on the page, quote, As an unofficial term, president-elect has been used by the media for decades. Politicians have applied the term to the declared winner even soon after election night. Now, of course, this new take on president-elect replaced and canceled the information that just days before told us that the title would not normally be used while the election was disputed. So in this way, you can see how the ideas that they want us to believe, whoever's doing the editing, change and shift with whoever it is doing the editing. And I guarantee you, if you went on there and tried to, even with footnotes, revise this definition in a way they don't want it to read, the more powerful agenda editors on Wikipedia would revert your edits back to what they had. Your edits would not be allowed to stand, no matter how factual, no matter how footnoted. And this reminds me of George Orwell's novel 1984, which I write about in my new book, Slanted. The hapless protagonist Winston Smith in this book rewrote history in real time, depending on what powerful interests needed it to say. Prior versions of history were deposited down the memory hole as if they never existed. Now, it's true that 1984 never envisioned specifically the internet. Winston Smith was rewriting history in real time, I believe by hand on paper, because they didn't have computers back then. But isn't it really all the same? And in fact, a bit more chilling that the internet is where we've put all of our information, where we rely on our research now. And so when people have the power to erase and revise and make these things disappear, you may never be able to see what things used to read like, what 
history used to tell because it can be changed. Along those lines, how did I know what Wikipedia said back in 2009 and what Wikipedia said shortly after the election? There's a great tool called the Wayback Machine. If you haven't tried it, I know you're going to love it. The Wayback Machine is run by a nonprofit that archives all kinds of web pages as they exist on a particular day and time. They have some sort of robotic crawler that tries to archive most pages on the internet. They probably don't have everything in there. But you can go to archive.org or search the Wayback Machine and it will take you, should take you to archive.org. And you take a page on the internet as it exists today and you paste that address into the Wayback Machine at archive.org and it will tell you if it has archived versions of that page from the past and it will give certain dates. It'll offer you dates in which their robotic crawler crawled and photographed the page and you can see the version as it existed back then. And I was able to find the definition and the versions of president-elect going way back to 2009. That's how I was able to make the comparisons. What a great tool I found as a journalist in the Wayback Machine. I have found that on some government websites, when you're talking about controversial topics, a page that has disappeared sometimes can be found on the Wayback Machine. Now, in recent years, it seems like powerful interests seem to have found out a way to make their Wayback Machine page go to nothing or at least not bring up what used to be there. But more often than not, when I look, I can find something. One example is the software company that apparently was the door or the route that the international hackers used, perhaps the Russians, to hack into all kinds of systems recently. Well, there was a customer page on this company's website that told who a lot of their customers were. It didn't list all of them because they have hundreds of them, but it listed probably 50 of them. But by the time I got to the page, someone told me about it, the page was erased, sort of just went to a blank page or a 404 error. The company had taken it down, their list of customers that they had previously publicized. Well, I went to the Wayback Machine, archive.org. I pasted in that website address and I found the customer page. So you may find this is useful to you too. I don't know if archive.org will always be there for us because... A lot of powerful interests do not want a device like that around, but so far it's still there. Try it out. We'll be back with more right after a short break. Talking about Wikipedia, one of my favorite topics because it's indicative of a lot of the information manipulation that's going on online. I reported on this story on my Sunday TV program, Full Measure, back in August of 2016. I'll tell you in a minute how you can find the video if you're interested in watching it. But I thought I would discuss what I reported in that piece first. And I started out by discussing how, if you think about it, as we're listening right now, as we're talking and listening, people are editing away at Wikipedia at a rate of at the time, it was said to be more than 10 edits per second. I'll bet it's more now. There were more than 5 million articles written in English on Wikipedia back in 2016 at a rate of about 1,000 articles being added every day. Huge database. 
But there is the dark side, the idea that there are accurate, neutral articles and privacy for the volunteer editor contributors. That's just a mirage. And I spoke to a couple of insiders who told their stories. They said that they've been left battle-scarred after their troubling personal encounters with the world's most popular encyclopedia. Now, one of the first people I talked to was Greg Coase, and he's among those who have been blocked, banned from Wikipedia for challenging Wikipedia policies. I don't know if you knew that people can be banned and ostracized. He said that um, when I interviewed him, in the past four hours, 500 IP addresses and users had been blocked from editing Wikipedia in just that period of time. So people are being, being blocked and their IP address is blocked, meaning they can't edit from that place at a pretty amazing rate on Wikipedia. That's what makes it, as I say, not the encyclopedia anyone can edit. Now, who is Greg Coase? Well, he helped start an opposing website in 2012 that he calls Wikipediocracy. And his goal was to expose what he calls Wikipedia's misinformation, defamation, and general nonsense. So I asked him, does Wikipedia actually censor users? And he said, yes, absolutely. In a typical day, they're probably blocking a thousand different IP addresses in just a day. So why did Coase run afoul of Wikipedia? He was a volunteer editor like a lot of other people. But he said that he was kind of drawn into this unseen cyber world that a lot of people don't know about at Wikipedia, where volunteer editors dole out punishment and retaliation. They violate the privacy of the users and special interests control the information. And I asked him to summarize when I interviewed him, what is it that most people don't know about Wikipedia? And he said, Wikipedia is often edited by people who have an agenda, plain and simple. So Wikipedia was co-founded back in 2001 by Jimmy Wales and Larry Sanger, I mentioned Larry Sanger a few minutes ago. It boasts something like 37 million plus articles in 291 languages. A lot of people count on it uh, for information. I think I spoke to a librarian for the story that says it's very appealing, very user-friendly. It is, you know, very easy to use, easy to read. They have their sources at the bottom of the page. The promise of Wikipedia is if you're a volunteer editor, you can be anonymous and you can be private And then the promise to readers is you're going to get unbiased articles on all kinds of things. But there were conflicts inside this world from the very start that most people didn't know about. Sanger, as I mentioned, quickly broke away. He told a reporter, people that I would say are trolls sort of took over. The inmates started running the asylum. So Coase, Greg Coase, He says Wikipedia's inmates running the asylum included some of the volunteer editors who have an axe to grind or perhaps serious conflicts of interest with the subject matter that they're editing. He said sometimes editors have very aggressive attitudes about what they want to appear in a Wikipedia article. They can stop opposing opinions. They can stop opposing facts. And when volunteer editors disagree, what happens and you, you can actually get some insight on this if you look at Wikipedia's talk and discussion pages. This is getting a little arcane, but it's pretty interesting. They have what's called edit wars 
fought out on these talk and discussion pages. Drama, drama, drama on Wikipedia. The edit wars, they fill thousands of pages deep inside Wikipedia with dialogue between these editors who are fighting it out that ranges from kind of weirdly overly civil to childish and hostile. In fact, for my story, Coe's read from one of these arguments that you can find on Wikipedia if you know where to look. It was one volunteer editor who's nameless talking about somebody else that they were punishing because they didn't like the way that person was editing. So one is writing, he has violated NPA, which means no personal attacks by telling someone they are inferior and to accept their station in life. He wrote, I refuse to be blocked. I am not blocked. You can pretend that you block me all you like, but someone who is right can never be blocked. It is impossible. This is how they fight it out, and a lot worse than that, quite frankly. So as I described, in Wikipedia's world, the ruling authorities are these hundreds of volunteer editors who have reached the most powerful editing status. They're called administrators, and they're known only by their pseudonyms. They don't have to use their real names. In fact, mostly they don't use their real names. They have usernames and anonymous names. And they, these administrators, are always going to win the edit wars because the more edits they make, the longer they've been editing Wikipedia, the more power they have. So what happens when these powerful editors step in to improperly control content? Because some of them have their Wikipedia authority specifically for that purpose, because they secretly work for clients or PR firms or some other conflicted interest. And Coase told me, well, you'll have different people with a particular scientific point of view, and they will edit and modify Wikipedia to make the articles reflect that point of view. Now, Wikipedia knows this, and it's given names to bad behavior that it supposedly discourages. Malicious editing, they say, is called vandalism. For example, if you were to get on somebody's page and just say mean or bad things about them. Editing for personal or financial gain, which is supposedly forbidden, is called covert editing. And Wikipedia discourages all of this as a matter of policy, but they happen all the time. Two trusted Wikipedia officials, for example, were exposed running businesses that covertly edited Wikipedia for PR clients, not supposed to be allowed. There are interests for Sony that have gotten caught secretly editing their own Wikipedia pages to their advantage. Same with the CIA, gotten caught, editing their own Wikipedia pages to their advantage. The Vatican, Barack Obama, John McCain, all of them have gotten caught. And anonymous Wikipedia editors, they can really keep a stranglehold on the topics that they care about. So we did a sample for the story that I did on Full Measure where Coase demonstrated with the case of something called Morgellons. The Mayo Clinic calls Morgellons an unexplained skin disorder characterized by sores. So this is something called Morgellons, I guess a disease or a malady. But the Wikipedia page dismisses Morgellons as a delusional belief. Remember, Mayo Clinic says it's a skin disorder, but Wikipedia wants us to think, or somebody who's editing the Wikipedia page on Morgellons for some reason, wants us to believe it's a delusional belief. So, by way of example, Coase got on that Wikipedia page and added a research footnote, a true research footnote that differed with the narrative. 
and he put the link in like you're supposed to do where you can get the abstract of the study that he referred to. And guess what? We kept checking back in less than an hour. Coe's edit on this page, Morgellons, just disappeared. It reverted back to what it used to be before he changed the edit. took about 38 minutes or so. And we can check. You can check too if you know how to do this to see who reverted it. You won't get the real name, but you'll see the pseudonym or the name of username of the administrator. And his edit was reverted by an administrator who's anonymous. And you can trace that and see what else this anonymous administrator who wants to keep control of the Morgellons page, what else are they editing? What other topics are they working on? And Coase showed us that it appears to be somebody who's either involved with the medical profession or the pharmaceutical industry. And Coase told us they probably have an agenda to discredit or suppress alternative medicines and things like that nature once you looked at the person's or the pseudonym's edit. And it may not just be a person. It could be a company who has an account under a name, a PR firm that's making a lot of edits on behalf of a business or a company or a client. So interestingly, I think because of this phenomenon, there was a study that found mistakes in 9 out of 10 Wikipedia medical entries. That's huge. Think about it. Mistakes in 9 out of 10 Wikipedia medical entries. So millions of dollars can depend on how an idea or a product is portrayed on Wikipedia. There's a lot at stake, which is why Wikipedia editors reportedly linked to the pharmaceutical company AstraZeneca got caught posting negative material on their competitors' pages and adding promotional material to their own. These are things that are supposedly not allowed on Wikipedia. So as for Greg Coase, back to him, he sees himself as an equalizer in this dynamic. He had a business helping clients, including the supposed victims of unfair edits. He helped them navigate this crazy, unbridled landscape on Wikipedia. Now, Wikipedia banned him from doing this for supposedly violating the policy against paid editing. In other words, you're not supposed to take money from somebody or a client and then edit pages a certain way for them. And I told you it happens all the time. But when they caught Coase doing it, particularly when he was editing probably on pages that they didn't want edited, and when furthermore they knew that he was criticizing them and their practices and caught him continuing his edits under a borrowed account when they banned his, then they started targeting him in an entirely different way, not just blocking him from Wikipedia. Listen to this. They went to lengths to track him personally using inside information and computer addresses. They were able to research where he grew up, who he was, even though he's editing under these anonymous names like everybody else. They were able to trace his movements, where he was physically, all the way to Orlando, Florida, where he was making edits while on vacation. So let me emphasize, Wikipedia editors, who he'd never met and didn't know, were tracking his movements and speculating that he'd gone home for Thanksgiving. And he only knew that and that he was being tracked because somebody leaked some internal Wikipedia discussions about him. He read some of those to me. Someone was saying about him, hey, it looks like someone went home for Thanksgiving to visit mom and dad. And so basically people who use Wikipedia think they're editing 
as Coase pointed out, with some degree of privacy. But if these Wikipedia agenda editors want to, they can really investigate and figure out who you are, where you are when you're doing your editing, find out about your background. So Jimmy Wales, one of the founders of Wikipedia, has publicly feuded with Greg Coase over the paid editing policies and what should be allowed. Wales wouldn't talk to me when I did this piece for full measure. And I also asked Wikimedia Foundation, which is the nonprofit that technically runs Wikipedia. I asked them for an interview and they didn't want to talk. And I also asked numerous Wikipedia editors to talk for the report, to give their side and tell us their viewpoints. They didn't want to talk. So besides Greg Coase, I spoke to another paid editor named Mike Wood, who also had a confrontation with Wikipedia that was life-changing. So like Greg Coase, Mike Wood publicly criticized Wikipedia's policies on editing for pay because he's basically saying it happens all the time by these PR firms and others, and that they're smearing people who have no recourse, no way to fix their reputations. So that's why Mike Wood and Greg Coase had their businesses for paid editing to correct what they saw as wrongs. Anyway, Mike Wood would do his business while he was on his breaks as a casino inspector. And then one day, his boss calls him in for a meeting and says, according to Mike Wood, we've received an email and a phone call from Wikimedia Foundation telling us that you're using our servers to edit Wikipedia. Furthermore, Wikipedia, he said, had put a hard block on the servers at the business where he was a casino inspector so that nobody was allowed to access Wikipedia from the job site in retaliation for what Mike Wood was supposedly doing. Mike Wood then got fired from his job. When I interviewed him, he told me this was a huge violation of privacy. The idea that Wikipedia, people with the foundation, would research who he is because they don't like what he's doing or the edits that he's making, would find out where he's working, would block all of the servers in retaliation for the company to get him in trouble, and then would call his boss and accuse him of editing on company time. Wood says that they put so much pressure on his employer by blocking the access to Wikipedia and telling him that was going on, there was so much embarrassment that that was enough for his employer to fire him. So this is what I call the dark side of Wikipedia. And again, if you want to see the video version of this report, go to fullmeasure.news, click into any article to get the little search bar magnifying glass at the top, put in the dark side of Wikipedia, or just search Wikipedia, and you'll be able to find the transcript of my story along with the video version of it. This is important stuff because it's a peek behind the curtain of how some of this information manipulation really works. And if you haven't noticed, it's getting worse. It's almost getting to be more transparent because they're not even hiding it anymore when we're talking about what the big tech firms and social media companies are doing. So just remember, knowledge is power on your part. The more you know, the more you can navigate this wild, wild west information landscape and not be fooled. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. Check out justthenews.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Cheryl Atkinson podcast. Leave a great review. 
share it with your friends, and check out my other podcast, Full Measure After Hours, and all the Just the News podcasts wherever you like to listen. Consider ordering my new bestseller, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. If you're listening to this anywhere close to December 18, 19, 20, you can still get it on Amazon in time for Christmas, maybe for somebody you care about. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself. Thank you.